Right, we're doing Shoftim chapter Aleph. And we've come to the end of that chapter Aleph. But I'll remind you of what, we, what we'd said there. This was talking about the failure of Kalyasura to get rid of the Goyim that were there. And although they've been told in the Chumash many times that the importance of getting rid of the Goyim, and particularly not making covenants with the Goyim, this wasn't actually what they were doing. They were, some of them they indeed removed, and we were told about Yehuda particularly in the beginning of the chapter, had expelled Goyim from a large number of places, but um, many others were not doing that and just making the Goyim um, subsidies, taxpayers, as it were, paying to, paying to them. And the reason we say that the degree of justification was that contradictory posuk which said that ma'at ma'at ha'goshenim in oritz that only bit by bit would the goyim be removed because otherwise the, the, the land would get desolate, it would get weeds coming up and there would be too many uh, animals or violent animals. But this only gave the yidna the, the heta to do things slowly but didn't give them a heta to sort of go into neutral gear. And it was so much more convenient not to take wars, we said before. I mean, you know, it's so much nicer to stay at home and to look, learn with your children, do the mitzvah of Limutayo and, uh, and things like that, rather than going off and fighting a war where you might get killed, you're away from home. And besides, you don't really like killing, do they? So therefore, people were, were reluctant to do what they were supposed to do. So we, and we were pointing out in the end of this, this chapter that the, that, um, let's, let's perhaps remind ourselves that in relation to F, to Menashe and Ephraim, Kav Zion, that they didn't get the, 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 the valley of Israel. They only got the, the high land, and they left the Goyim down there. They were staying there in these towns of Dura, Yivlom, Megidoi, etc., Beishan, Tanakh. And uh, it says in Posa Kavches, when they could, they, they taxed them, but they didn't get rid of them. Similarly, Ephraim left, the go- left them in Gaza, and Zavulon also left in the Goim amongst them, and they, they paid a tax. This, as we said, was much worse, because here it says, actually, at least the Goim in the Valley of Israel were in a separate place, kept away from the Yidden. In relation to Zavulon, they were actually having the Goyim mixing with them in their own areas. And Osha was not Herger, in Posit Lamadalev, Osha Lehovish is Yeshri Akai, Yeshri Tzidon, Ves Achlo, Ves Achvish, Ves Chelbo, Ves Afik, Ves Ochoiv. These were the, 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 the most northerly parts of Eretz soil, which is where they were living. Because it says in Posit Lamadalev, Vayeshev, Vashevi, Bekev Aknani. It was the other way around. The Yidden were living among the Goyim. At least in the in the other case we've had the last case we had the Goyim were living among the Yidden. Now it's the Yidden in among the Goyim. I think that was roughly where we're up to. And then we had Nachpozilama Gimel, Naftali, Lehoyish, Yoshri, Beishemesh, Yoshri, Bes Anos. This would not, of course, be the Beishemesh which we um, we know in 
nowadays a prison to Beis Shemesh, that's far too south. So there's another place called Beis Shemesh. We've often come against um, many places called by the same name, and it's yet a, a different different place. Like, for example, Beis Lechem. It's, if you want to say it's in Yehuda, you call it Beis Lechem Yehuda, because otherwise there's another Beis Lechem, as we found earlier in in in, 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 in Yehoshua. So here as well is Beis Shemesh, which is in the borders of Naftali, which would be much more to the, to the north. And there it says here, Naftali lehovish yeshoshu v'shemesh v'eshoshu v'shemesh 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 aknani v'shemesh and they were indeed living among the Goyim. Now this is a confusing pasuk. If they didn't get rid of the Yoshe Beishemesh, what does it mean by saying Yoshe Beishemesh and Beishanos were to them a must? Um, unless it means just just that that they didn't expel them and just simply took them as a uh, to pay to pay taxes, we've got the same problem in the next possible. Now this was worse still. The Benedon came under such pressure, lachats from the Emiri, that they were pushed up into the into the mountain. We had previously seen this as well with Ephraim, uh, with, with the Benashe, They weren't into the valley, but this seems to be that they were pushed back up as opposed to the the other ones who simply didn't go down in the first place. These are in the highlands, which must mean that not only did B'nai Don not win over the valley, but also, or the lowlands, the Amek, but the Emeri actually went up into these areas and actually attack them. So they were going into the into the mountains. Ayolain and Ashalvin were in the, the mountain area of Don, which we saw in in Yeshua. Slight problem with Har Cheres, because Yeshua was buried in Timnas Cheres, which would suggest it's the same the same sort of place. And if so, that would be an Ephraim. And that may be the explanation of the next bit. Vatichvad Yad Beis Yosef for Yulamas. What's Yosef got to do with this? We're talking about Don. And the answer must be that the Bnei Yosef were prepared to help on this occasion the Bnei Don. Of course, the, the real problem of all of this period is each Shevet is doing it on their own without the help of the other Shvatim. Though we did see before that the Bnei Yosef, Ephraim and Manasseh did combine together in, in relation to to one uh, to some places as we saw in Posit Kafbeis for Yalav and Yosef Gamheim Beis Ale for Shemimon whereas later on it was Ephraim on their own and Menashe on their own here it seems as if the Beis Yosef Ephraim and Menashe joined together to help Don uh, if you look at the map the uh, Don is right next to to the to, to Ephraim so in which case it could mean that the Yulamas, that is these Emoyim who are now living in the mountain area 
of Cheres and Ayola and Shaldim were now paying taxes to <laughs> either to Beit Yosef or to the or to Don. John generally had had source, and eventually we'll see that they gave up and they went away from their land in the southeast southwest of Israel to find some place up in the north the northeast which we now call Don. And the border of the Emori, that means there were Emori left behind in a complete, in a whole area, and their border was from Malia Krabim. Now Malia Krabim, the one which we know, is a, is a border, is a, is a place at the very south of Eretz Yisrael, and therefore astonished that the Radak is suggesting that this was also in the land of, of Yosef. Um, he must understand a different Malia Krabim, and therefore I don't know where this cellar is. If you assume Malia Krabim is our normal place where we assume it is south of South Israel, we're talking about Yehuda then. Yehuda failed to get the land around Malia Krabim, which wouldn't of course be much of a problem because Malia Krabim is the border of Israel. So they didn't bother to go outside the borders. But where is this cellar for Malia? The only cellar I can think of is is, is supposed to be what we now call Petra, where they, have, where they call it the cellar because it's a way through the, the rocks. But I'm not sure that um, that's, that, that, that's what's meant here because cellar would be in the land of Edom. But maybe they, that's where they were from all the way from cellar all the way to Malia Krabim. All a bit confusing. So, Sofkasaf, the Yidden didn't do the, 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 the job, and now we get to the beginning of chapter base. He's going to give him a brach levatola. Now, Pashtus, you'd say, this would be a literal malach, an angel. But everybody agrees, and it ain't. The Valbag says, because it cannot be that a malach would speak to all of Kaliosor, which is what's going to happen here. So it can only be malach in the sense of a messenger. The word malach, of course, can mean a messenger, like... It means messengers. You're somebody who is sent. You're sent by a person. He's your malach. We find Moshe Rabbeinu is called a, a malach. When it's in in uh, when it's in Tavoyim, when it says that um, the Kali sent a message to Edom and they said we we had a, a malach came and took us out of Mitzrayim and that means Moshe Rabbeinu as Rashi says. So it could be that this is a uh, it's referring to a, a messenger, a novi. But that would also be odd, because why doesn't it tell us who he is? And, and, or, or, or just call him a novi. Sometimes we're not told who he is, but we're told of a novi. Here we're using a, a strange expression, a malach Hashem. And if he is a novi, why don't we call him, give him his name, or at least say, vayal malach. So the Valbag having said, it can't be a angel, because, they, you know, surely an angel wouldn't come along and appear to everybody, we never find such a thing, continues by saying, Minha Gilgal, well, that was where this Novi had his Nibura. Um Where he had his Nibura, sorry about that. Um... But then that's a bit surprising. Why do we need to be told where he had his nevuah? Who cares where he had his nevuah? So that's a bit odd. 
And then the, the next word is also odd, El Habochim. Well, we, we don't find any place called Bochim, but it may be that because later on they were all crying when they heard the message that is called now Bochim. But certainly the first parts of these words are odd. It's called a Malach if it's really a Novi, and in fact the Targum and, uh, identifies it as Pinchas, which wouldn't be surprising because he's been the chief, the chief Malach. Uh, chief um, Novi, so it's not surprising that he would be the the person coming along. After all, he's in Chumash, etc. Um, but why don't we? Wait, why aren't we told it's Pinchas? And by the way, that's also Seder Oyram also says it's Pinchas, and, and Rashi Ditto says it's it's um, it was Pinchas. But why don't we call him Pinchas? There is a suggestion because this place Gilgal was, of course, the first place which Karl Yisrael set up camp when they crossed over the Yarden. And on that occasion, Yehoshua met a Malach Hashem. And that was a real Malach, in a sense. It was an angel. And he had Chabah Shalufa B'yodai, and he was telling him that it were gonna, you're going to have success and get rid of all the going. So maybe it's a sort of an allusion back and saying, a, a Malach of Hashem came not, however, the angel of Sartor Hashem, which went to Yeshua, a mere human Malach, is coming along from the same place, came along from Gilgal, but he's, gonna, instead of saying, yes, you're going to win, he's, all he's doing is saying, uh, tough luck, uh, things are going to go no good, no good. So what did he say? There's a gap, by the way, in the, um, in the, in the um, text, and that's because whenever you get the words of Hashem being, being not always, but usually when you get to a, a, a statement made by Hashem, we, we leave a gap to differentiate between the, the human and the divine. Right. Now the first problem here is the tense. Vayoma, and he said, let's assume this is the Malach saying, I will, that's speaking B'Shem Hashem, I will bring you up. But he's not speaking about now, I will bring you up. It's what he, what had been said in the past. So it should be past tense. So there are ducks sort of fetches and says, well, often we find a peasant used for the past, etc., etc. So it says future, but it means past. I'm wondering whether you can say that we haven't got an introduction of Vayoma, meaning the Malach, the, or the Novi, spoke, but it's saying these are already the words of Hashem. As I've said, the, the space indicates this is already the words of Hashem. So it would mean HaKadosh Baruch who says, Vayoma Hashem said in the past, I will bring you up. That is, before the Yidin were taken out of Mitzrayim. I will take you up, Mitzrayim. So let's continue. And I will indeed take you up to the land which I promised. And I said, I will never set aside my, my covenant to you. But you, I mean, that is to say, Rashi says it's... Uh, or someone says, it's a Tanai. This is the 
the, sec- the, 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 the what we have to do as opposed to Kodesh Baruch. Kodesh Baruch says, I'll bring you up. But what you've got to do is, don't make a covenant with them. And destroy their, their Mizbechus. And you haven't listened to me. What on earth have you done? What a stupid thing to do. Notice that the Pothic is not complaining about the speed of getting rid of them, but the fact that they didn't get rid of the Mizbechesim, and also making a bliss. And that's because, in, in, as I said at the very beginning, they were allowed to be slow in getting rid of them, though perhaps they were slower than they should have been. But the Torah makes it absolutely clear that you can't make a bliss with the Goyim, and, in, and similarly, you can't leave their Mizbechus. We had this problem. How could they leave any Goyim around anyway in Eretz soil? Because you are, um, you've got the problem of, of um, the Mitzvah to... If, if those goyim were not prepared to leave the country as the Kyushuni did, then they had to be killed. And the terrors to that is from that we had from the Rambam, which is if they are prepared to be the mass and to give up a Vedas then they were allowed to stay in Eretzisor. So in which case, because there is the the Posik says the Sokarisim the Sholem, you can call out to Sholem, and only if they are fighting with you then they Sakhayak on the Shoma. So therefore they were allowed to keep them if they were not serving a Vedazora. But here, they were leaving them with their Mizbechas. And not only letting them serve a Vedazora, but not doing our job, which was to get rid of the Mizbechas. So, that's the failure on our part. Now, this is more difficult because it, it must be, I've just now said, and it's not the gum also. At that time, this must be happening now. For Gamalmati, and I'm saying now, in addition, that is given what you've done, I'm not going to anymore get rid of them. I said I'd bring you into the land, and I did. I would have got rid of them, as I've done with all the other miracles which you've had so far, and all these great successes mentioned in Yoshua, of how the Eureka and the sun stopping and all these other things. But now, no, no, no. Not clear what this Tzidim is. Um, different Pshatim, some Pshat is that um, it's going to be a Thorns. Some idea is that it's going to be a Tzidiyah, that is they're going to hunt you. Um, some idea that it's going to be, Rashi learns it's a... Um, um, collections of people coming and raiding you. But one, one way or another, it means you got souls from them. For Hoyelachem the Tzidim, for Lakayim Yelachem the Maikesh, and their gods will be for you as a stumbling block. That is to say, you will serve or be attracted to their gods, and that will be your, uh, uh, lead you into, into, into error. Yeah. Uh, some people, somebody commented that it's a sort of a, Midder Kenegin Midder. That is, you haven't got rid of the Goyim. You want to join up with the Goyim and have a bliss with the Goyim. So you'll find then that the Goyim push push against you. And that sort of um, relates back to those other ideas of which um, you perhaps remember the mentions in Kerbitz Mamorim that Rabbi Khanan said that um, 
when the Germans made a law that no Jews were allowed to be in the in the theatres and the cinemas because uh, we don't belong, Jews don't belong there. And he said, absolutely right, yeah, we're not supposed to be there. So um, we, if you try to get too close to the Goyim, they will push, they will push you off. Or as we saw in Mitzrayim, that the Yidden became originally friendly with the Goyim. And the Posuk says then that um, in, in Tehillim, the Posuk says, Hofach Liboy, Lisnai, Hofach Libom, Lisnai Amai, Kolish Borchu, made the hearts of the Egyptians to hate us. They had no rational reason to think that we were going to really going to fight against them. Olam in Oretz, this was a Mishugas put into their minds by Akhrushbahu because we were getting too close, too close to them. You, you remember the vote of the, of the Beis HaLevi, where he says, HaMavdu ben Kedish Rechol, ben Ola Choshech, ben Yisrael Amin. Uh, there is a havdol, there is a separation which Akkadish Baruch was made between Kodesh and Chol. A slightly different separation being Cheshech um, La'ara, because there's definitely a night and there's definitely a day, but there is something called twilight in between. So there can be a certain sort of degree of mixture. But in the same way, he's made a gap between Yisroel Lo'amim. We can have a twilight area where we relate to each other. But if we try to get too much involved with their culture and their friendship and one other, then we start getting being pushed away because there is going to be a mavdil ben kodesh l'chol ben yisrael amen. Anyway, getting back to to this. And when the malach said these things, they started to cry. The the the, the, the Matsudas wants to suggest that this Posak Gimel which had said that was saying even if you now try to be good. You know, you you I gave you a chance, you mucked it up and that's it, mate. And even if you're now going to try to get rid of them, you will have to do it without my divine help. It will be plain wars. Which of course happened because it was only wars right the way through. But of course, we did see that David, for example, had considerable success in his fighting the, the Pelishtim uh, through Nisim and so, and so sure before him, and of course, right the way through the Shoftim. So it's, I find that a bit, a bit difficult to understand. I called upon him, they cried, and that would explain, so they called that place Bochim. Interesting, the question is, what were they doing in Bochim in the first place? Um, we started off chapter base by saying, Well, what were they doing there? He could give them the structure. It could be this place was really Shilai, which is where the, the, the Mishkan was, and they'd all come up there. Perhaps it was a Yontav or something to be Makri Kobot. The reason why I'm saying that is because it says, The Yizbuchu Shom Hashem, they offered Korbonus. Well, this was once already you've got the Mishkan Shilai, which they had, as we know from earlier. You can't offer korbanos anywhere else. So if this was indeed Shilai, that would explain it. They went up, to, they all had come to Shilai. The Malach comes along, gives us a brochel of Atala, and they do. Then they try to fall out of uh, to get forgiveness or whatever. They offer korbanos. Uh, could be. If not, you're going to have to say it's so were sure that they were allowed to offer korbanos, although it's Bashas isabonos, in the same way that Adio later on offered up Korbanos in HaKamel without um, and that was also during the Zaman Issa Bomas 
So who are doing who are doing here? Okay. Um, they offered up. Um, I'm just going to say something. Yeah, uh, one wonders here this, and I think this is the problem that Mitzvah has had. If they actually offered korbanos, it says it suggests that they really repented. If they repented, why isn't Hashem now helping them? And, and <laughs> perhaps it was only a partial rep uh, repentance, or as you say, as the Mitzvah says, that God was saying, "Well, no, I'm not going to help you anymore," at least on this occasion. Now we start something else. Now this, of course, was way earlier. That's the very beginning of of of, of Shavtim. We've we've already got that because these words is in fact verbatim the same words we had in chapter Kaftalad of Yehoshua, where he'd given. He had this whole meeting of Kali Yisrael and told them to behave themselves and to serve Hashem and not to serve the Zohar, etc., etc. And it says there in Kafches, like So it's exactly the same, the same words. So why are we going, as it were, back in time? Um, I, mean, I, I would have thought that the simplest answer is that. Well, we're now really come to the end of this issue, and now getting on to a, another issue. So we sort of go back to sort of well, let's recap. Don't forget that the chapter heading, chapter base, Posigalov, the chapter headings were made by the goyim. So the galochim, when they were deciding how to divide up Shoftim, as they did Chumash, um, thought it's a good idea to to put a, a pause at Posigalov of chapter base and call it chapter base. Whereas actually, thinking about it, the whole of these early sukim in chapter base should all be part of chapter Aleph. These were the failure of Kaoli soil to get rid of the Goyim, and therefore the Mala comes along and gives them a Brachal of Atala. So you would expect that it is the logical place to make chapter base would be here, positive of. And in which case, it would start off, because we're going back to the original story, as Rashi mentions often in Chumash, you know, let's go back and remind ourselves what, what had happened. That would be, I think, quite a, a reasonable approach. Um, I think I may have seen... Yeah, let's see, see Rashi here. Actually, we didn't do the previous verses. Let's, let's quickly read them. Hashem, I told you, This originally had been my idea. But only Only if you will remove the enemy. Which is going one step further to remove. Um, which uh, is, is not actually pointed out here, um, because the complaint is only that you you went further, that you actually made an, a good covenant with them and and um, left their misbech. The gamomati ato amati baapi. Now I say in my anger, the stidim. So as she says, this pshat the gaiosus. Posavova yishlachi yeshua zeh hamasa hoya muktum. This is what happened before. 
ולפי שבו לאימה ויעש וחובה, היסטר לאימה קיין יהושע. כשמייס וקיבלו לפון לבנז השם, שוב חמש נחלו עשוי, והם עובדו את השם כל ימי, כל יומו וכל ימי זקנים, והחוויה של בני ישראל הרע. What Rashi is saying is that um, we, we went back to the past in order to say Yehoshua, the Solomon's Yehoshua was alive, everything was great, and during the time of his Zakanim, it doesn't really cope with the problem because all of this was in chapter Kavdalad. Because if you go back to the, to the, to the Psukim there, it says, Posit Kavtes, of Yeshua Kafdalad. Uh, all of this is virtually repeated here if we look at these psukim. Posuk Zayin. Vayav du ha'am is Hashem kol yimei Yeshua. Repeat. V'chol yimei zkenim asher erichu yomim achor Yeshua. Repeat. Asher ro is maser Hashem ha'godol asher osu v'sor. That's a bit new. Vayom asher Yeshua ben nun eved Hashem ben meo v'eshashonim. Well, that's a repeat. V'ikru asay begil v'gul nachalosa b'sim nascheres b'harifoim. Sofna ha'gosh. Repeat it. Kom kol jarahu. That's really something new. But um, we're certainly doing a lot of, of repeating here. So I, I think it would be almost as if Shemuel, who wrote Shavdim, wanted to sort of start off and say, well, let's remind ourselves what had, what had happened. Alternatively, there may be one or two interesting ideas that he stuck in, which we will notice. The first is, it says, because Yeshua comes under criticism in, in, in Medrash that why didn't he do the job himself and get rid of the Goyim there's even some suggestion he knew he was going to die once he'd done the job and therefore he sort of was a bit uh, lax but here the Pesach is saying he didn't just send them out and say go back, you know, go back to your homestead and, and stay there mate He'd actually told them, go and possess the land. Go out and, and do the job that, you're, that you were told to do. So it's, as it were, not in, not in his fault. And then he says, To remind you, uh, we'd said, as Rashi says here, Because it's, it should say, Yeshua. Yomim means days. So they lived days after Yeshua. They didn't live years. And that was because they failed to make a proper Hesped. The vision is Atsu Bezbeirei, Hushanema HaGosh, Shewash Aleim HaLohogon, the mountain sort of erupted and had a sort of volcanic effect. Um, and we said here also, we came across. I mean, this, this just read you was also in your, in uh, in uh, in Yeshua. Um, and there it says. 
yeah, also in positive here, Tess. Tzofen, the Tzofen Lahagorash, we use Tzofen in, in the same, same word, Yafikoman. Tzofen meaning hidden. The, his, his burial was basically hidden. Nobody made a, a matter of a fuss about it. And Tess of Timna Sora Choras, Al Shem, says Rashi, Shemidu Timunas Cheres Al Kivoy, Kalema Chaval Al Odom Shehermid, Hachama Umutl Bekeva. Woe is it, here's a man who stopped the sun. And he's now in the, in the grave. He, a death happens to everybody, even the greatest of all. Somebody can actually stop the whole solar system turning around. Why is it called Cheres? We have Pshatim Cheres refers to the sun, or maybe it refers to some sort of, that's um, why I say it's mere Cheres, mere earthenware. Well, all of this which we had before. One thing I, but I can see a couple of interesting things here. These words, Asher Ro'u is Master Hashem HaGodl, Asher Oso Yisrael. We never, we never had, we didn't quite have that. There we said, Asher Yodu is Master Hashem, Shos Yisrael. Here we're trying to emphasizing it. They saw these great acts done by Kodesh Baruch Some of them, as they came out of Mitzrayim, if they were over the age of 60, they would have seen them. Those who were under the age of 20, wouldn't have died in the Midbar either. Only the ones between 20 and 60 died in the Midbar. So those who were older than 60 when they left Mitzrayim would have seen even Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim and those Nisim. Those of them who, who were under the age of 20 when they left Mitzrayim would have also seen the Nisim in the, in the Midbar. But teenagers or whatever, they would have seen Hasinai. And certainly everybody would have seen the crossing over the Yarden, which was a Ness, and the stopping of the sun, and the, the and Eureka, and you know, the walls go tumbling down, and all these other things. So they all would have seen these great things, and therefore it becomes understandable that they stuck to God so long as Yehoshua was around and his, and his um, Sikanim, but less acceptable that they fell off as soon as he as they were gone, particularly since they, the Zagadim died only a couple of years after Yehoshua. So that's a criticism of Claudius Oral. These are people who must have been around, the Rao Bug points out, who would have seen, seen all this. But after all, there was only, we said, 40 years in the desert, 14 years of the conquest and division, and then another 14 years, we're told in Seder Olam. So it's only now 68 years since they left Mitzrayim. So there must have been a lot of people around who actually had seen Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim in, the, in, the, in, the, in their youth and were under 20 at the, uh, at the time of the Yitzhiya's uh, um, Mitzrayim. Right. Um, can I just make a, 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 a nasty comment about some people who's, who, who, who make comments about Nach without, I'm afraid... Um, Having a full knowledge of what they're talking about, I, I, I saw some some peop, somebody writing and saying, um, you, we, to contrast Yehoshua bin Nun with Moshe Rabbeinu at the beginning of Shoftim, we're just simply told by he Achre Mois Yehoshua after Yehoshua died. Ah, Yehoshua, Vizay Yehoshua. Comparing to Moshe Rabbeinu, where we were told about Moshe Rabbeinu, that he was the Eved Hashem, we were told at the, at the, at the beginning of Yeshua, we were told 
Achle Moshe Eved Hashem. And here we just call him a, ah, Yeshua. Don't call him Eved Hashem. And the suggestion was being that he failed because he didn't get rid of the Goyim. Um, clearly he is an Eved Hashem, not only because he's referred to as Eved Hashem here, in this Pozak, um, Pozak Ches, Vayomaz Yeshua Nun Eved Hashem, but he's also called Eved Hashem at the end of Yeshua. So he's defini- definitively called an Eved Hashem, one of the very few people, Moshe, um, David, uh, it's called, uh, you know, there are not very many people who are called an Eved Hashem. Um, I, I would suggest to you the reason why he is called, he is not called Eved Hashem in the very beginning was because he, this is written, the whole of Shavuot was written by Shmuel. So Shmuel would not necessarily have to say in the beginning he was um, Eved Hashem. He wasn't, a, Shmuel was not a Talmud of Yeshua. And he might not have felt, felt himself to be remarkably inferior to, to Yeshua. Shmuel is compared to Moshe Aaron. It's only Yeshua in the beginning of Yeshua, who, Yeshua wrote Yeshua, who's referred to his Rebbe, Moshe Rabbein, who immediately calls him Moshe Eved Hashem. That's my suggestion, but why he's not said at the beginning as being Yeshua Eved Hashem. But maybe I'm making too much of it, and the, the point is only that why in the front uh, don't we call him Eved Hashem? Maybe because he's to blame for not getting rid of the Goy. One way or another, he's called here Eved Hashem. He died 110. He didn't live as long as his, his Rebbe. Moshe Rabbeinu had 10 years cut off because he was a bit dilatory. Dil- dil- and he was, bu- he was buried in Harifai. We said, we said that the Indian of person should be buried in his family area. Um, that means the Enikluch, as it were, or the friend or relatives come along and uh, daven at his kever, so that's the right place to be uh, to be buried. And then we say, Yud, that whole generation was 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 brought back. That is, means they all died. And now. This would suggest it's a completely new generation, but that, as the Rabbag says, clearly can't be right, because we're talking straight after the death of the Zakanim, so you will have had a lot of these people around who see you saw your tears in time, as I've just as I just said. Elamai, it simply means that they chose to forget or they pay no attention to it and they they moved off. And so long as the, as the Zakanim were around, who, as you were, kept people on the straight and the narrow, people were on the straight and the narrow. But now that uh, he was, now the, both Yeshua was dead and the Zakanim was dead, they they moved off. And in Posit Yudalov is going to say that they did the Rabbi and Hashem. Just this one last thing to go back to is there's a problem here in, in of sequential. Posit had started off. That in the history of Yeshalach, Yeshua is on. By the way, I should have said there remains a residual problem here. It, unless it's going to tell you the story, as I said, it should have said Yeshua Shalach. If it's telling you purely past tense, it shouldn't say Vayishalach Yeshua. It should say Yeshua 
Sholach, like my Yifkoid, Hashem Pokad Esorah. If it's really in the past, it should have said Yeshua Sholach, not Va Yeshalach, which is not as, it is past, but not as past as Yeshua Sholach, which suggests to me we're just saying over the normal, we're starting again the, the story, because we're starting again the story. Um, getting back to what I meant to say here. Yeah, so that was past. We start then. And then it's a Vayatu Yeshua. And then it says Vayomos Yeshua. Well that's in the wrong order, isn't it? It should say And then it should say Vayomos Yeshua be nun. And then go back to say Vayavdu Omis Hashem Kolimei Yeshua. The whole Hosimei Hazakainim Hashemi Kuyomim. I mean, it, it, it's, 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 it's organized. So the suggestion is that the word Vayomos Yeshua means he didn't really die until his influence stopped. You talk, you talk about somebody being dead even if they are in up there in heaven, but they're, they're still affecting the things of this world, like Moshe Rabbeinu regarded himself as still alive, so long as his Talmud Yeshua was around, who was acting in the world. That's what, as Rashi says. So in the same way, so long as the Zakanim were around, they were continuing his instructions, he was still, he was still there. And then eventually he's dead because the, uh, the Zakanim were, were not following his, his path. Right, we can adjourn there.